This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson here in Studio B at the Auctioner Sports Performance Center off of Tom Benson Way. Hope this Wednesday find you well and all is well here on campus as the Pelicans and the Saints are rolling right now. Pelicans, winners of three straight, including last night's victory in Indiana over the Pacers, 117-112. to 112. And, of course, you all know about the Saints, six in a row after starting 0-2 and get ready for a tough battle in Buffalo against the Bills on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we'll touch on both topics here on today's show. We'll hear from Chris Brown, Bills insider and lead reporter for buffalobills.com. And, of course, it's a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley will join Sean Kelly from Toronto in an undisclosed coffee shop. Get you caught up in all the things happening with the Pelicans, including last night's win. And they'll get you ready for Thursday's game against the Toronto Raptors. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Last night, again, winners of three straight on the road trip. They've won four in a row for the first time on the road since 2010. They'll look to make it five on Thursday against the Raptors. It would only be the third time in franchise history that the Pelicans have won five straight games on the road. It was scary at first in the first half. 75 to 61 was your score in favor of the Pacers. It's the first, it's a fourth time in the last 22 years a team has come back after winning or after letting up 75 points in the first half. They shoot 51% from the field, 44 of 87, 14 of 35 from beyond the arc. Anthony Davis, outstanding as usual, 37 points, 14 rebounds, 14 of 18 from the field. Also 4 of 5 from 3. That ties a career high for three-pointers made in a game. His partner in crime, DeMarcus Cousins, 32 points, 13 rebounds on 12 of 25 shooting. AD and Boogie scored 40 points in the second half alone. The Pacers as a team scored 37. So Boogie and AD outscored the Pacers 40 to 37, which led them to another victory on the road. They're now 5-2 and two on the road. Last year, they didn't get their fifth win until January 9th. They're 8 road game of the season so you see the progression from this team as they're starting to win some games on the road now it's time to win some games at home and they have a chance to do that with this three-game homestand starting on Saturday against the Clippers before we go to break and get started with this program let's uh hear from Jameer Nelson who caught up with Sean Kelly and Victor Howell on our post-game show after the game here's what Jameer had to say following the win against the Indiana Pacers well Jameer Nelson's been a big part of this three-game winning streak he joins us courtside here after the Pelicans win by the final count again of 117 to 112. Jameer, how's your heart? That was a bit of a race there tonight with those Pacers. It took a lot of effort, especially in the second half. Giving up 75 points in the first half is unacceptable uh, versus any team. I mean, uh, they had uh, 20 points off of our turnover or something like that. And, you know, it was all, all careless turnovers. You know, we just got to come out, value the ball, uh, help one another on, on both sides of the uh, floor. and. Uh, you know, try, try to win games that way. Every one of these games on this road trip has been different, hasn't it? It's what? always going to be different. We have a different group. We have a, we have a unique group, uh, and, and every night guys step up, uh, you know, th throughout the entire roster. I mean, obviously you got the, the two big fellas that's always going to give you 30 and 15. Uh, but, but, you know, everybody else deserves credit. I mean, we, we, everybody comes in and, and come in ready and prepared. 
Jameer, I know at some point you guys had to think that, I mean, it's very odd to see a team increase their shooting percentage by 12 points, which is what Indiana did from the first quarter to the second quarter. I'm sure when you were talking at halftime, you had to plan on the fact they could, they weren't going to be able to sustain well, that. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, like I said, they scored a lot of points off a of turnover, so that's layup. So, like, like, like I told guys, like we talked about at halftime and then, you know, amongst ourselves, if we stop those guys from getting those layups, then the shooting percentage obviously going to go down 15, 20%. You also seem to pick a really good time as they started coming back to reality to pick up your offensive efficiency. I think in the third quarter, Jameer, you had 11 assists on 14 made field goals. So you guys picked just the right time, it looked like, to pick up and improve your execution while you were stopping them defensively. Yeah, we started trusting one another. And, you know, we, we, when, we, when we do that, we're hard to play against on both ends of the court. This doesn't get any easier on Thursday, Jameer. It'll be fantastic to go for a sweep of the road trip. There's a certain Toronto team that also has uh, some saltiness to them as well. Your thoughts on what you guys have in front of you? Uh, obviously a tough team. I mean, veteran team who had, you know, two superstars in Kyle and, and DeRozan. So uh, I'm sure the focal point will be on those two guys. Uh, we just can't let those two guys get easy baskets and, and let everybody else get going. Hey, just to know from you, by the way, What's been going on with you this road trip? Is it a comfort thing? You're, you're, you've always been a good floor general, but now you're scoring the ball too. Is that just comfort well, with this I mean, group? I mean, I'm always going to try to score and, and try to help the team any way I can. It's not necessarily one of those things I need 20, 30 points. You know, just being effective, being aggressive uh, helps out spacing the floor and, and, you know, gives those guys space to create and, and do things that they do well. Congratulations. We really appreciate your time after the game tonight, Jameer. Thank you. Yep, Jameer Nelson, one of our stars of the game tonight. And, of course, you can log on to Pelicans.com to get a recap from Jim Eichenhofer and a practice report today. Pelicans are in Toronto, and we'll take on the Raptors tomorrow night at 6.30, a chance to go 4-0 on the road trip. They're also over 500 for the first time in the Alvin Gentry era, which was April 2015 is the last time the team has been over 500. 6-5, and it feels pretty good here right now, and hopefully the Pelicans can keep it going against Toronto. Here's how the lineup's going to go. When we come back, we'll hear from David Wesley of Fox Sports New Orleans, and then we'll wrap up the show with a preview of Bills Saints with Chris Brown of BuffaloBills.com. Don't you go anywhere. More Black and Blue Report is yours after this quick timeout. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something connected us the neighborhood beer of every new orleans neighborhood and now dixie is back to that 1907 recipe original and reinvented just like its hometown visit dixiebeer.com to learn more and always drink dixie responsibly dixie brewing company new orleans louisiana what is big big is a balling shot calling gravity defying offense and a lockdown defense Big is you and your posse getting loud and proud. Big is an insatiable appetite for winning. Come see the Pels post up against Blake Griffin in the Los Angeles Clippers Saturday, November 11th at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Guess what day it is. Hump day. Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk some more Pelicans on today's show. Again, Pelicans beat the Pacers last night 117-112. to 112. Of course, it's a Wesley Wednesday, this time from another undisclosed coffee shop in Toronto. 
Let's go up to Toronto now, north of the border. Sean Kelly and David Wesley. Guys, take it away. Thank you, Daniel, and hello from Toronto, Ontario. Back on a Wesley Wednesday here in a coffee shop. We're on the road, David, again this week. I think that's, what, three out of the four, last four weeks, right? I think so. Uh, we did the one in uh, at the studio, and then the rest of them have been in the coffee shops. And uh, our longest in days road trip of the year so uh why not have a couple of coffee shops to go along with it no doubt how's canada treating you this morning i know uh when you arrived in the wee hours of the night and uh across the border your phone changes and everything else uh phone's not liking it a whole lot um canada morning is just fine uh not too cold canada night not so good <laughs> up all night for no reason and uh up early this morning so uh, but it's a, it's a, I like Canada. I like coming here. I like our visit. So it's a good time of year. Yeah, I like coming here and your face doesn't freeze off. <laughs> it's really quite a nice day as uh, we can visit with you on this Wednesday. And you mentioned the road trip. It's the longest road trip uh, days-wise, as you mentioned. Day 8 will be tomorrow, and it will be the end of the road trip. And, David, at this, at this juncture, it is an extremely successful road trip for the Pelicans, having won all three games thus far. Yeah, that's now four in a row, uh, road games. And I still go back to before the season started, there was a lot of talk. We looked at the schedule, and I think everybody would have been more than satisfied with a 6-6 six and six record. And here the Pelicans have a chance to go 7-5 and five in the first 12 and, and really played some good basketball at times last night. And every game, they have some really strong stretches that – you know, they kind of make you believe that, you know, this team has, has something to go. But um, last night I, I thought they did a, a great job of coming back down 14 and, I mean, really smacking it to them there in the third quarter. 75 first-half points by Indiana. I I didn't think they were going to miss, David. I didn't know how long it could, could last. We did find that out. But that was unbelievable. That, that was. And, and it didn't look like they had any signs of slowing down. Uh, Indiana did go has gone through a three game stretch of giving up big leads, so um, they were there for the taking. But the Pelicans had to make some shots. They had to get some stops. They had to start playing with a little more urgency on the defensive end. They did. They started getting stops, and they started right away. Opening, you know, uh, ball come in third quarter. They they got to it. I think they started off with a steal and a score and. Another score and a stop, so um, a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, when this team wins, our jobs are a lot more fun. <laughs> Talked to Jameer Nelson on the radio after the game last night. He said at halftime that they just basically said to each other, you know, if we stop these layups, we'll be okay. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why do you players make it sound so easy? Uh, you know, because it, it inevitably it becomes that easy. You know, you, you got Drew Holiday who – Got an early foul trouble, takes his aggressiveness away. DeMarcus Cousins, he gets into foul trouble, takes his aggressiveness away. All of a sudden, now you just run at these guys, and they're, they 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 don't want to get that third foul. They you're, you're scoring easy, and it looked like Indiana was just living in the paint, easy drives to the basket and score. And then finally, you just say, "I get tired of it," and you say, "Okay, we got to do much better guarding the ball, and then we got to do a much better job of helping." And they did that. Would you say that last night? Um, out of the six wins so far is the best win of the season or am I trying to rank something that shouldn't be ranked well, it, it is uh, it hasn't been a whole lot of 
quality teams in the wins that the Pelicans have got, but they're on the schedule, so um, they beat them, and that's a good thing. But I think even Indiana is a little better than their record shows right now. They're a young team, but they have a lot of talent. They're playing faster. Um, and when that young team figures out how to hold on to leads, their record would be much better than it is right now. You know, they were they gave up a 14-point lead to us. They gave up a 19-point lead to to uh, to New York. And then I want to say of you know 14 or 15-point lead against the team before that. So when they start figuring that that out, they're going to be better. But most most definitely the most quality win so far. I need to drink a little coffee. Hold on one second. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> hey, can I uh, can I make a confession? I am going to confess that I am not truly appreciating enough what Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are doing on a nightly basis. I'm not appreciating it enough at all, apparently, when I look at the box scores over this road trip. How are you handling it? Well, I, I appreciate it. My concern is the lopsided production. Um it is easy to ooh and ah over these two guys. Last night, 69, 29 rebounds. Um, and Toronto starters average 69 points a game. They are putting up astronomical numbers. And I get caught up in, yeah, 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 yeah. Cousins, Davis, they're doing their thing. What is everyone else doing? Well, last night... Pelicans had five guys in double figures. Guys that stepped up and made shots. Love, love, love to see Darius Miller being assertive and aggressive and taking his shots. I've been waiting on this for for a while. Even when he was here before, I was saying, what do you have to lose, man? I mean, you're only out there four minutes. Shoot the basketball. That's what you do. Uh, He's doing that. He's getting the confidence. His teammates are getting the confidence in him. They're encouraging him to shoot the basketball. And I'm looking for that guy that gets that consistency going, that coaches start saying, we have to play that guy some minutes. Right now, that is Darius Miller, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. Thankfully, that and Jameer Nelson's play are offsetting a rough trip so far for Drew Holiday and Etuan Moore. Are you concerned about Holiday and Moore at this point? Not so much Moore, because I, I feel like he is who he is. He's he's probably one of the more consistent um others um on the team because you know he he may have a down few games but to me he'll get it going again i think he's comfortable with where his shots go sometimes your shot just isn't there so um but i am concerned and very concerned about drew holiday he hasn't looked like himself he hasn't played like himself um and i haven't seen signs of him really getting comfortable uh he doesn't seem to be too worried about when he talks to me about it uh and not saying that we've had many conversations but the conversation we did have he he didn't seem concerned so um you know i'm just i'm looking for him they need more out of him they need better play they need better decisions better shooting and right now he just doesn't seem like he's got it figured out you and I have the uh, privilege each night to visit with Coach Gentry. Some of it's on tape, a lot of it is not. Think about the conversations, David, that we've had with Coach here over the last week and and measure that up to what you've seen on the floor. What is what is going right in 
based upon what we've talked about with coach and what is he maybe still looking for that still has he has not been able to see on the floor well I, I think the consistency is the one thing he hasn't seen he wants to get that overall consistency he would love for guys to be able to hit shots consistently uh, I'm sure every coach would but you know those are the those are the glaring things and defensively at times especially in pick and roll the pick and roll defense struggles because Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins usage is off the chart. I mean, they got to be the most used bigs in the league trying to play at a fast pace and get back down on defense and get down in a stance or get up on a pick and roll. It becomes next to impossible and they're doing a and a fairly good job at doing it. So, you know, those are the things that he would he would love to see but he's got to like the ball movement. Um, the assist numbers have been up most games. Um, and they're still trying to figure out this defense, I mean, this offense and movement and things like that. So uh, I think overall he's pleased with where things are going, but there's still some things that they need to clean up, and, and, and I'm sure they're working on it each and every day. Interestingly enough, by the time we meet up next Wednesday, which I think will actually not be in a coffee shop on the road for Wednesday, Wednesday, but, David, there's a chance that by our next visit on uh, a week from today, Rajan Rondo, <laughs> Ra- Rajan Rondo might be back for the New Orleans Pelicans. And to think that you have weathered this without him as your starting point guard and could be sitting somewhere right around 500. You hope on the right side of 500, but at, you know, in all likelihood, you'll be right around 500 when he comes back. You know, sometimes my dad calls me and he says, hey, I'm coming down. Sometimes I talk to my brother and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. I don't believe it till they're there. And when when you're talking about player injuries, I just I, I I I don't get hung up on dates and times. And I think November seventeenth has been thrown out there yeah. as a, as a possible. When he gets here, he gets here. Uh, and yes, I, I agree with you. I hope uh, the Pelicans are on the right side of five hundred. They're they're playing well enough to be there. Uh, two big tests coming up with Toronto and, and the Clippers. So um, each and every game, especially with these teams that you look to be in the playoffs, these are statement games. And certainly if you can go get one on the road against a, a Toronto team that you expect to be in the playoffs, um, it would be another good win and a clean sweep. Four-game road trip would be not, not anything to sniff at. So I, I, I hope that that happens. Um and Rondo, you know, when he gets here, he gets here. I like to see him out there playing. He's played some one-on-one. He still can't do much lateral movement, but back and forth, straight ahead, um, shooting shots, running, passing. Uh, yesterday I saw him before the game throwing full-court passes, as in getting the rebound and throwing the ball, basket, or free throw line to basket. So, uh, And that's got to be – core stuff where where his issues lie so it's good to see him out there but we'll wait and see yeah i i'm just thinking big man i'm just i I can see i can see it coming i see where the record is and i didn't i'm just being honest i didn't expect it i thought it'd be more more dire based on a the way the season started and b the the competition and the number of road games i think you mentioned already about toronto starters and all that let's just finish up with this mentally david for this team how hard is tomorrow night? You've won the first three. It's the eighth and final day of the road trip. 
you know, we've touched upon this before, but I think it's worth repeating. And, and, and obviously you're going to get better insight than I can on this, but that, that final hump to get over, that finishing this thing right, how hard is this going to be? Human nature. And human nature is one of the hardest things to overcome. Uh, this is the last game. You're tired. Long road uh, trip. And you've already won three. Is there going to be that sense of urgency? Yeah, let's get this. Let's get them all. As opposed to, well, we've done it. And the thing is, it can't be one guy. It has to be collective. Everybody's got to feel like that. You have one or two guys that don't, and you're not going to go out and play your best basketball. So if they can collectively rally the troops and say, let's not be satisfied with winning three, let's go get four, then they'll have a chance. If, if not, everybody's not on board or somebody's a little banged up, a little tired, again, Davis and Cousins, your two leaders in everything, have to kind of lead that charge. And they're playing 40 minutes a night. Ugh, I, this, this is going to be a tough one, uh, tough place to win. Uh, you know, I think the Pelicans have lost the last two or three years. So uh, it's going to be tough. It can be done. But, I, you know, I hope that they find a way to dig in deep and, and go after this last win. All right. Fair enough. In the spirit of Canada, um, sorry I kept you so long. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hope your coffee's not cold. No, my coffee's just fine. Uh, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. It's going to be a good day. Daniel, sorry. We have to send it back to you. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> anyway, great to be in Canada. Daniel, wish you were here. And uh, we're hoping for a Pelicans win tomorrow night to complete what would then be a fantastic road trip. Yes, I wish I was in Toronto as well, but I do enjoy the warmer weather here in New Orleans, so I'll just stay put. But guys, bring back another win tomorrow night and a sweep of the four-game road trip. Up next, we'll wrap up our show and we'll preview Saints and Bills with BuffaloBills.com lead reporter Chris Brown. School is back in, your schedule is packed, and things are getting busy, which means it's time to help support your immune system. Keep up with it all with Smoothie King's new Immune Builder Pumpkin Spice Smoothie, part of the Immune Builder lineup. We're blending your favorite fall flavor with organic pumpkin, iron and calcium, and more than 300% of your daily vitamin C. Get ready for fall with the new Immune Builder Pumpkin Spice Smoothie today, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack. Packages are available for select home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers, all for as low as $50. So do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack on Wednesday, November 29th against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Visit pelicans.com to plan your next Guys Night Out today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. All right, time to wrap up today's show with a Saints-Bills preview. To help us out with that, I welcome in Chris Brown, Bills insider and lead reporter for BuffaloBills.com. Chris, great to have you on the program again. Good to be with you. Chris, the Bills are 5-3 and three midway through the season since this is a time to give out midseason awards and evaluate how teams have progressed throughout the season. How would you grade the Bills halfway through the season? Uh, I'd probably give them a B grade at this point in time. Um, while their defense has certainly been great in terms of takeaways, and, uh, you know, the offense has obviously helped with that with 
one of the best turnover margins in the league. Um, you know, I think there still are some things they're trying to round into form. Uh, their past defense has kind of been up and down. They had a three-game stretch where they gave up over 300 yards passing. Uh, they've also, you know, had a couple of games, most notably the last one against the Jets, where their tackling kind of went south on them, and it accounted uh, for why they gave up 194 yards rushing, which was a season high in a single game. Uh, but their run defense has been top 10 until this past week when that big figure kind of kicked them out of there. Um, offensively, they've been steadily getting better. They're a much better scoring team at home, though, uh, than they are on the road. They average almost 28 points a game at home and just 15 on the road. So uh, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're happy to be home this weekend against a high-scoring team like the Saints. How, how has Tyrod Taylor progressed this season? From afar, it seems like he's a little more comfortable in the pocket. He's been making plays with both his legs and his arms since you've been watching every game and watch every practice. How have you seen Tyrod Taylor progress throughout this season? I think he's certainly taken a step with his game, and I kind of credit offensive coordinator Rick Dennison with that. Uh, he's new to the team this year, but Dennison spent a year uh, with Taylor when he was the backup quarterback in Baltimore behind Joe Flacco. Uh, as the quarterback's coach. Uh, their relationship seems to be one of the best I've seen here, maybe since Brian Fitzpatrick and Chan Gailey were working together here in Buffalo about four or five years ago. So um, they seem to work well off of each other. Dennison caters to what Tyrod likes and feels comfortable with from a play-calling perspective. But uh, I think to Tyrod's credit, he's become a more consistent pocket passer. That could be due in part to the fact that this is an offense that focuses more on making high percentage throws underneath. Um, so I think that's one of the main reasons why his completion percentage, if it holds up where it's at now, will be a single-season career high for Tyrod at just over 65%. Um, we've yet to see what you know the addition of Kelvin Benjamin will bring, but uh, that'll certainly be interesting. And I, I think the biggest thing for Tyrod is he's been able to make plays in the offense, even without some of his best weapons in the lineup, most notably Charles Clay, who's missed the last three games. I'm glad he brought up Kelvin Benjamin. That brings me to my next question. Uh, obviously, someone that hasn't played a game for the Bills just yet, but I know the Saints are very familiar with Benjamin coming from the NFC South. How does that addition uh, affect the Bills' offense? Well, I think it gives him a true number one target. I think it was something that they've been lacking ever since they traded away Sammy Watkins to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, they had guys that, you know, that can make plays, but I don't think they had a true number one target. So I think that's what he provides first and foremost. And I think there will be a trickle-down effect to the rest of the receivers because of that. You know, a player like uh, rookie Jay Jones, who's kind of up in the air as to whether he's going to play this week after suffering a knee injury last week, uh, he's a guy that's no longer going to be facing uh, one of the top two corners uh, on the opposing defense. He'll be facing a third corner. Um, Jordan Matthews can just sit in the slot and do his thing now. doesn't have to line up outside at all. Uh, so he can be more specialized in his role offensively at a place where he's very comfortable working out of the slot. Um, so I, I think Benjamin, even if he doesn't light the world on fire this week against the Saints, uh, forces opposing defenses to shift their matchups, and I think it's going to create more favorable matchups for the other receivers on the roster. And you mentioned Charles Clay. What's his status for this week? And I'm sure the Bills are looking forward to having him back on the field soon. Yeah, I mean, he's practicing today for the first time since he went out of the lineup back in week five. Uh, he's been steadily progressing in his return from a knee injury that required a scope. Um, so, you know, he's about four or five weeks removed from that. So 
I think the chances are good, barring a setback, uh, that he returns to the lineup. Maybe not in a 65 to 70 play capacity on offense, but maybe he can get 20 to 30, maybe 35 plays in the lineup this week, and that would certainly add another dynamic in the middle of the field for this passing game and, and really give an extra uh, element for the Saints' defense to be concerned with. I mean, when he went out of the lineup in Week 5, he was leading this team in receiving yards. Chris, I want to look at uh, the defense right now. I know you touched on it a little bit in that game against the Jets, but I noticed on BuffaloBills.com you had a stat about how they've allowed 24 points per game in their last four after having such a strong start that you mentioned. What's changed defensively in these last four games? Well, I mean, I think they've given up some more big plays. Um, you know, Coach McDermott, when he's been asked about it, said they've kind of strayed from their fundamentals. Uh, so they were pounding that on Monday, the extra practice they got in coming off a Thursday night game. And they're going to be hitting it hard again through the rest of the week. Um, Coach McDermott believes fundamentals leads to consistent play. Uh, so for the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be tackling. Uh, for DBs, it's going to be technique. So they're going to be working on that, you know, as long as the sun's up here this week. So, you know, I anticipate a return to a fundamental focus. They're going to be emphasizing that all week in practice, knowing that's kind of what made them a successful defense from the outset. Um, the other thing that I think has been lacking uh, that has led to giving up more yards, more big plays, is a lack of a pass rush. Uh, the front four early in the season was very effective in maybe if not getting sacks, at least moving the quarterback off his spot, uh, forcing him to hurry throws, and that obviously catered to some turnovers. And I would say probably in the last three games, the front four just has not been getting home, uh, due in part to the fact that you know, they've played a couple of better quarterbacks, uh, you know, Derek Carr probably chief among them, and the stretch they're going to have now uh, makes it even tougher. I mean, they've, after Drew Brees, you know, they got Phillip Rivers and Alex Smith, who's the highest-rated passer in the league right now, and then Tom Brady after that. So uh, they're going to have to come up with some different ways to create pressure. So they may have to dial up a few more blitz calls, which has not been uh, the case each of the last three games. I think they're going to have to send five, six at times uh, to more effectively impact the quarterback uh, and his timing. I know you touched on a few of those just now, but the Bills – are on a four-game winning streak at home. Saints are on a six-game winning streak overall. Something has to give on Sunday. What are the biggest keys for either team in order for them to get the W on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's something that's plagued the Bills all season long. Um, points on the board early. Uh, this, is team, this team is last in the league in first quarter scoring. They only have two field goals all season long in the first quarter. Uh, they've been grossly outscored in the first quarter of games. And knowing the potency of the Saints' offense, I think – it's a, it's a two-fold key here for the Bills. They've got to get points on the board early, and they've got to kind of hold that Saints offense in check and at the very least try to hold them to field goals. Uh, otherwise, this game could, could turn on them very quickly and be very hard for them to catch up, knowing they're not a great come-from-behind team. Um, you know, I think for the Saints, it's just kind of do what they do. You know, get to work on offense, put points up early, uh, and then hope they can win the turnover battle, which has not proven to be easy. Uh, for most opponents coming into Buffalo because 11 of Buffalo's 17 takeaways have happened on their home field. Uh, and I know after last week when they got zero takeaways, uh, they're looking to get back to what has been the norm rather than the exception. What's the weather supposed to be like on Sunday, and how will that play a role, Cause especially the Saints being a dome team? Um, how will that play a factor, factor right now? Yeah, not going to be good. Uh, I think the high is going to be around 42, 43 degrees. 
and there's a 40% chance of rain. Um, you know, so the team that runs the football better may certainly um, put themselves in better stead in terms of posting a victory here. Uh, and obviously, the better run defense uh, may may be the the team that wins out. I, I mean, I mean, I remember Drew Brees throwing footballs, you know, in Lafayette, Indiana, back when he was at Purdue, and he certainly played in a lot of bad weather games there. But that's a long way off from uh, the comforts of the dome for the last several years. So. We'll see if it impacts him because throwing a wet, heavy ball is never an easy thing for any quarterback. So we'll see how uh, all these quarterbacks do on Sunday. All right, should be a good one. That's Chris Brown, Bills insider and lead reporter for BuffaloBills.com. Chris, always great to talk to you and enjoy the game on Sunday. All right, take care. Good to be with you. All right, and that will do it for today's show. Big thanks to Sean Kelly, David Wesley, and Chris Brown of BuffaloBills.com. Friday, another Facebook Live show for you. Cindy Robinson, John DeShazer, and myself. We'll get you ready for a big weekend for the Pelicans and the Saints. Of course, Pelicans and Clippers Saturday night at the Smoothie King Center at 6 p.m. And then, of course, Saints and Bills Sunday at noon. And you can watch it on Fox until Friday. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.